But it's also true. So there's two agents, uh, Peter Moores and Mark Jones, out of the Boston office, who had an incredible amount of discretion and who very clearly were like, you know, uh, you know, Biden supporters who really didn't like me personally. And there's no question that those two individuals, Peter Moores and Mark Jones, uh, bear a lot of the responsibility for everything that happened to the library. And if they had chosen to be more reasonable people and not such, you know, uh, viciously violent uh, political animals, uh, that we would be in, in much better shape. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're very evil and disgusting individuals. Look, the whole beauty of Israel is, is and you cannot like it, but it's Jews saying we want a country for Jews. And and they act like that's not what they want, but that's what they want. Of course. Uh, you know, and, and just let it happen. Like, I support Christian nationalism, to be clear. I support, uh, you know, uh, imams having the ability to, to run Muslim states that people want to be a part of. The whole point is to allow people to live the way they want to live. Where are the low value men? Like, what are what are all the low value men up to during these trying times? Because the high value men, they, I know they're around. They won't shut the fuck up. Low value men, I have not heard a word out of. I'm sorry to think I'm on their side. I think I want one of those. I want a low value man. They don't make podcasts. I haven't seen one low value man make a podcast. Do they not know how to use microphones? Maybe that's a good thing. That's that's hot. All right. I haven't seen I've never seen a man use a microphone for good. Until now, everybody buckle up. It's low value mail time with your host, Danny Polishchuk. Welcome back, everyone to an all-new episode of Low Value Mail. And boy, do we have an exciting one for you this evening. This is episode number 75. Can you believe that we made it to this nice round number? I'm going to make a stink every every five from now, here on out. I won't, I won't, I'm sorry. But welcome back uh, on this August 22nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. And joining us today, we have none other than Jeremy Coffin. Very excited for this. Uh, very excited for this guest. Jeremy Coffin, if you don't know him, he's an American entrepreneur, political activist, known for founding and leading the blockchain based file sharing project library, which we will get, we'll definitely be talking about that. And is also a vocal supporter and activist within the Free State Project, a movement designed to get libertarians to move to the state of New Hampshire. And he will be joining us momentarily, but before we bring him on. And by the way, I said he looked better in person not worse that is fake news we're starting it with the fake news um but before we get before we get going just a few things as always please like and subscribe subscribe to this channel because this is a different channel some people watch it you don't realize you're watching it on a different channel right now this is low value mail you're watching it on my comedy channel it's a different channel right now so like subscribe leave a rating review if you're listening to this on spotify or whatever the hell and tell a friend. That's the probably the best thing you can do is just tell one of your dumbass friends. Sorry, I shouldn't have insulted your friends. Do you even have any, though? I mean, some of you probably do, but then some of you are watching right now because I'm your only friend. I didn't mean that. And also, it wouldn't help if you told me because I'm on the show. So anyways, if you would like to support the show, uh, we have an after show tonight. We haven't done this in a while. I've been switching it up. We do these live streams where we watch videos. I get copyright claims. It's what we do on the after show. This is the first actual after show that we've done since I 
um, what's the word for it? Deprecated? Is that a smart word for it? I don't know. Anyways, I, I did some during the day so that everybody could kind of get a taste of the after show, but we're doing another one back tonight. It's available for everybody, but the call in line is only available for supporters. And uh, you can drop, if you want to drop links for stuff that we can watch, that's only available for people who support the show. You can do so at Patreon or my new preferred method, uh, twitter.com slash Danny jokes. Uh, you can support me there. I'm going to be giving away on, I just got my first ad revenue share payment from uh, Papa Elon and I will be giving it away to one of my Twitter subscribers on August 31st. It's $35 and some sense. I don't know exactly what, but it's up for grabs. And also if you help me reach my goal of, uh, for now, 500, 500 supporters, but eventually, uh, we are going to make this show four hours long and I'm going to get a producer. So if you would like, if you like the show, if you want more show, throw in a couple shekels, wink, Otherwise, if you don't, just tell a friend. That's honestly, that'll, that's just as good. I don't need your money. But um, if you want to see me do a four-hour show, then hook it up. Next week, we've got the boys from War Mode on the show. That's going to be an exciting one. The first show I've ever done, actually, with two guests. Uh, a bit of a threesome, if you might. So that's going to be an exciting one. So tune in to that. Tomorrow, we are back with an all-new episode of The Bathhouse, as always, 10.30 p.m., live from the Stand Comedy Club, Green Room. Those have been lots of fun and lots of laughs. And September 9th, if you want to see me performing stand-up comedy, if that's what you call it. I know that's what you were saying because you were trying to roast me, but then I, I beat you to it and roasted myself. September 9th, Laugh It Up Poughkeepsie. If you live near Poughkeepsie, New York, come out. That should be a fun time. And then, yes, again, so after the show tonight, we'll have an after. After the show, there will be an after show. I could I could get better at this. I'm not going to lie. I could probably be better at this whole thing. But, um, yeah, it's going to start like probably 11.10 or something. So, And it's on a different link. I'll drop the link at some point in the chat here, but it's a different link. So go to the low-value mail page. You'll see it. It's a different link. Uh, so if you're waiting here, it's not here. It's a different link. And without further ado, I've... I've uh, I've maxed out my rambling. No more rambling. Um, so we're going to bring on the man of the hour. Hold on. Don't worry about seeing double of myself. I know it's very disconcerting. But let's go. And here we are. Jeremy Kaufman. On low value mail, welcome to the show. You look way better than I thought you did. Those are lies you're telling. Jeremy, can well, you? I mean, oh, here we go. Yeah, yes. It's welcome a very, to the show. These are these are just two low value males having yes. a conversation. I think that's uh, I think that's a very accurate statement. Is that these are two low value males just conversing? So, how, how are you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing great. That you joke's have... probably been made before. It's always scary, like. Co like sometimes people say I'm funny, but then I have to like talk to comics. I'm like, these people like know what they're doing. It's yeah. Like, like, you know, like, I you know. mean, I'm not going to lie. Your Twitter has been giving me a lot of joy. I've been, I've been really enjoying uh, <laughs> the shit post-a-thon that is your Twitter account. Well, that's people laughing at you. That's different. Sure, people, sure. You know, that's like no, some of it's, yeah, some of it's being... like the light. I'm like the libertarian lightsaber guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, the, like people just. <laughs> Like, I think I'm doing something awesome, but then there's just, you know. Well, no, out. I think there's a lot of people who are just kind of watching from the, you're the man in the arena, as they say. That you is, that is, that is true. I try, I try to fight the good fight. 
uh, and that is a that is a big part of what I do is I fight for freedom. Yeah, uh, here here in New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, have you ever been it, before? Before we get into things, but have you were you yeah. ever kicked off of Twitter? Were you ever given the boot? I so I'm like uh, very like autistic about rules. Yeah, so I actually I like to like mock people. I'm like, why would you get get like banned? For threatening people on Twitter, I'm like, it's easy to tell people to kill themselves on Twitter. If you're if you're getting banned for telling people to kill themselves on Twitter, you're just bad at it. Sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, but I got yeah, yeah, I got I got a 12 hour once for oh, okay. saying Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. That's oh, okay. the only timeout I've ever gotten, and that was after he was found not guilty. I yeah. still got a 12 hour. So I thought I knew the rules, but it turns out yeah. you can't you can't get them perfect. Twitter used to be now that there's like this financial incentive that they they've involved, but there used to be the it, they gamified it in the sense where you just wanted to get as close as possible to get getting kicked off without getting kicked off, but then you know, it was it was a real binary game here because once you got kicked off, you're like that's that's game over. There's no more lives, but until Elon obviously came back. So, uh anyways, I'm excited to have you on uh, the show tonight. We, we, uh, the phone lines are going to be open in about half an hour, but for now, uh, we're just we're going to talk to Jeremy, get to know him a little bit. What is that flag on your mug? Oh, is that you every flag I on Earth? Out of, I only drink. I'm. I'm. Um, is that the trans flag on there somewhere? Oh, there's everything on here. That's everything, everything huh? So everything's on. This way, I don't. This way, everyone in your audience knows that I accept them yes uh, because everyone should be accepted you there's nothing that one can do that's that's morally incorrect every everyone is to be celebrated and accepted and sure that's what i'm here to say i was i was just at a toronto blue jays game in toronto and they had like their soda disposable soda cups were like the rainbow trans flag or whatever and it was just a odd thing to see at a baseball game um Anyways, so you don't use those at your home? You don't no, 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 no. We don't use that at home. I just I just drink out of I just cut the top off of a Bud Light can and then I just drink <laughs> out of them and just cut my face badly. You know yeah. how it goes. But so anyways, um for people who don't know you, Jeremy, just I guess quickly just tell them uh, who you are. Uh well, wow. Quickly? Oh no, no, or however long you like. However long you like. We got a long show, so it doesn't have to be quickly. Uh, I, I I mean I I'm I'm probably most these aren't, I mean, my defining aspect of myself is my family and my children, but that's nice. not why people know me. Uh, people generally know me for my, either my professional uh, work, uh, uh, which is a technology called library. Uh, it's used by a web app called Odyssey, which is used by around a million people every day to watch and share, uh, you know, videos. It's it's sort of a, we like to say we do to publishing uh, what Bitcoin does to, to money. I uh, can get kind of nerdy what I do professionally, but the succinct way of understanding it is you can download an app called Odyssey and watch and find things there that you might not be able to find elsewhere and, and have, uh, you know, sort of a, a fairer, freer way of, of doing these kinds of things. Um, I'm also a big, uh, I'm a, I'm like a libertarian Zionist to put it in the most provocative way, but we're on a comedy, you know, we're on a comedy show. So I feel like that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like big on this idea of, of concentrating libertarians into, in New Hampshire. Uh, we're actually winning here. We're, we're uh, achieving things here. We have a house majority leader. We've, uh, you know, um, uh, enacted school choice. We've banned all the, all the COVID bullshit, you know, where this is a place where, Liberty is actually winning and it's winning because people are, are recognizing it's not winning elsewhere and we can concentrate. So those are probably like the two uh, biggest reasons that people would like publicly 
uh, know who I am. Okay. Uh, and so they're both pretty yeah, it's pro- nerdy. Yeah, both thing. pretty nerdy. So I'm yeah. trying to decide if I want to get into the library. Actually, you know what? Let's get into the, 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 the Free State Project. So you're involved with the Free State Project, which is essentially you're trying to get as many people as possible to move to uh, New Hampshire. Not as many people as possible. There's a oh, lot of oh, there's like, a, oh, yeah. oh, there's, there's a lot of people I don't it. want. There's some people that's like stay away. Oh, as many people who are who are like about like the the ethos of of what you guys are trying to do. Obviously, you don't want like anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not a purist. But like, you know, people who want to uh, respect property rights, who want to respect uh, respect bodily autonomy, who believe in voluntary association. You know, people who just want to live, who want to, um, well, not exactly live and let live, but people you. Know, People who want, um, uh, you know, to sort of uh, who, who are fed up, uh, uh, you know, with uh, with sort of the bullshit of our of our modern era, you know, and who want to live in a way that's uh, that's freer, where people have more control over their lives, where we're allowed to be productive and, and prosperous and uh, and free instead of, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, I think the sort of modern culture is one that that, that very much, you know, and this is probably the connection between my political work and my professional work, but the modern culture is one that, that beats people down that says, get in line that says, obey, uh, you know, rather than being a culture that celebrates building things and achieving things and getting things done uh, and says any argument can be entertained and confronted. And we're going to live in the realm of truth and fact, you know, that's, that's how I kind of see the, the dividing uh, perspective. Okay, and you said not exactly live and let live. What do you mean by that? Because well, just... but, but, but what I mean is like you, know, so like you can't a... do whatever the hell you want. Like, yeah, so, like well, so yeah. So, so libertarianism to me is is recognizing that like you know you you have people can own property, people can come together and use that property as they like. You know, libertarianism to me, there's some people who get overly libertine with it and say that means that everyone needs to be allowed to be on, you know, be actively injecting heroin in front of your house, sure. uh, you know, and prostituting themselves well, or whatever. Yeah, right, because this is very that, much like um, uh, thought thought exercise to a degree sometimes in, in terms of like when you meet lots of different libertarians and they will all have their kind of ideas of the tweaks on it, right, of how they see it. Yeah, well, we're, we have uh, there's over ten thousand of us here in New Hampshire, I think now that are sort of committed, very active, uh, you know, libertarians, and so we definitely have our, uh, you know, differences. Um, but I think that it's not. Um, I would say um, it, it's very much people who are who are committed to the, to a sort of common, you know, common set of principles. Okay, and those ten thousand people were people who came from outside of the state. Yeah, primarily, yeah. Primarily. And are you all yeah. you're all spread out? We're all, you know, we're all like, spread out. I mean, there's multiple uh people on my own block here in Manchester, uh New Hampshire. Uh the house majority leader of the entire state legislature is a free stater. There's more than 40 free staters in the state legislature. There's about 100 state legislators who would rank about as libertarian as Gary Johnson, who was the, you know, the LP. I don't know how nerdy you want to get. I know. I know. Like, I know. I know. So I know because like <laughs> I'm Canadian. I've lived in America for four years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So there's no libertarians in Canada. Like it's, we it's have, a concept we have, more so uh, than well, actual. Some, we, we have a guy here who will pick up. He says any libertarian in Canada, he'll pick you up anywhere in New Hampshire. No questions asked. No ID. And, you know, you just make it over the border, they'll yeah. ferry you. There's this whole network. I mean, <laughs> what do you I mean, mean we have illicit them, gay marriages for Bitcoin. I mean, lots of people, you know, just, you know, come, you buy a gay marriage for, 
for three to five thousand dollars on the dark web yeah uh, you know now you're an american citizen i mean it's a perfectly viable path for i actually was wondering that recently and i'm gonna get roasted in the chat for saying this but i was wondering if gay marriage counted for citizenship like if that's i guess that was the chuck and larry movie right oh it does no, i mean no, that was this not, is that's yeah. not that and, but. And I, I, you know, you probably have like, what percent of your audience would you say is like incel, like a third or uh, incel? Well, they're a hundred percent autistic, like <laughs> some degree as a hundred percent in terms of involved. No, they fuck my audience. Yeah. fucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so but the, but, I mean, this is just money on the table. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're like um, a single male, just engage in fraudulent gay marriage for, you know, earn some money, uh, earn some Bitcoin, sure. um, you know, bring a great person here into the country. Absolutely. You, know, you take, you take together, you take a picture together like once a month. I mean, this isn't the hardest yeah, it's not, fraud to commit. Sure. Right? Sure. It sucks that it's the Quebec border though. Cause like, then you probably get a lot of French people. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. We've got a screen for those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want those. They're, they're not the ones you want. Um, so what are the, like the, the goals of like the, the highest level goals exactly of the free state project, I guess. Well, so the free state, it's different because there's sort of a movement and there's a project, the project, which is like the incorporated version of which I am a board member. Um, you know, the project's goal is just to get libertarians to move here. So we have, a graph of how many libertarians we think we've gotten to move the goals to make them that graph go up and that's to the extent uh, of the legal organization of the free state project that's the that's the extent of that organization the organization though is probably one one hundredth of, of the movement um and i and i don't necessarily speak for the movement but like the movement's goal is to uh, you know to create a place where libertarian you know norms uh, and ethical values can uh win out um, maybe that means New Hampshire independence, although people would disagree on that, but it certainly means that we get to have more responsibility for ourselves. We don't have as much government interference in our own lives. It means that we have stronger ownership of our own property and we don't need to get you know permission from other people when we want to make you know improvements to it or change it. It means that we're paying way less in taxes. Uh, it means that um, you know we don't have public schools you know draining our coffers and draining our wallets. You know, so there's a, a variety of things that I think that we would like to accomplish. It's a it's a large amount of people and libertarians tend to be strong minded people. So we're, we're not in 100 percent agreement, but it's incredible what's possible here and what ha what's possible from having this kind of network. You know, like I was at um, I was at the park recently, uh, you know, and someone rolls up in a van to like drop off a bunch of eggs that they had grown on their farm to give to another parent. You know, it wasn't hard for my kids to stay unmasked during, uh, you know, COVID bullshit. Sure. Uh, so so stuff like, you know, even if you're still subject to state laws and, and, and or federal laws, as, as I've experienced in my personal life, there's just a network of people here who will support you. You know, when I got when I got sued by the federal government, you know, a hundred people here showed up on the steps of the courthouse and, 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 um, shouted profanities, uh, at the federal government. There's, there's a network of people here who have a certain perspective and, and don't just have the perspective, but want to put their time and energy into achieving their perspective, which I also think is different. A lot of libertarians just want to, you know, at their strategy at this point is they've been so dominated. They just want to drop out and I'm sympathetic to that, but I don't want to drop out. I'm like, a I'm like a fighter. I'm, a, you know, I'm the kind of guy who wants to shoot slingshots at at uh, Goliath. 
Yeah, and is the reason why they're discouraged just because they don't have um, like they're wanting like what like a, the president to be libertarian? Well, how do you, that, I mean? How do you feel? I mean, don't you kind of? I don't, and I don't know. Your, I came from Canada. Politics. This is all I'm yeah. playing with. The house <laughs> of like, money, right? Yeah, here, right. You live in the greatest country in the world. Yeah. You're like a refugee. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it, but like, I mean, is doesn't it also like kind of suck in a lot of ways? Like, isn't there a lot of ways that it could be better? Oh, absolutely. There's no question. I mean, there, there's a. Uh, I, I mean, America seems like it could get the close, the closest could like it could get there. It's and it seems like it's probably the closest out of any country. You know, I've only known two, Canada and this one. But yeah, there's a, it's still a, a lot of ground to make up for sure. I mean, in my view, like it's just like it's the most trivial of stuff. It's not you know you can you can add up the tax money and say hey you know forty fifty percent of your life like literally 40 to 50% of your productive time is owned by the government. And that's already very offensive, but it's also things like I can't buy a shower head that flows water at the rate that I would like without tinkering it mm-hmm. light bulbs that I think are perfectly economically and energy efficient because I live in a, in a, in a very cold climate. Uh, I can't put into my own house yeah. uh, anymore. You know, I can't buy detergent uh, that works because of environmental concerns. You know, the the list of of ways, you know, sort of petty little ways, and and to even attempt to sum these up is 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 an almost impossible task. And so, you know, the my own again, my own business. I spent four million dollars fighting the federal government over the Oof. last uh, well, more than four million actually, but an incredible amount of money. Um, just and it wasn't the government saying do X. It was the government just saying, don't do why. Uh, sure. what, what can I do? They can't tell you. I mean, we've just created a culture in which people can't build things. I mean, you, you, you look at Elon Musk or other people. And, and, and so, you know, I'm someone who believes very much in human ability and what humans can achieve and what we can build and do and, and letting humans thrive. And it feels like there is this sort of leveling impulse that swallowed the world that says that different things can't be tried. You can't stand out. You can't try to do something different. Everyone has to get in line. And it's not just America. It's a global net that's captured almost everything. Yeah. And so anyone who's like sort of opposed to that, even if they're not a libertarian, is kind of the person that I, I see as my ally. Uh, right, right. Um, and yeah. did, was was COVID big for, for you guys? Oh, it was. It was. It was honestly one of the best. <laughs> not to be positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, never let a good crisis reason. go to waste, I'm right? Ju- I'm Jewish, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, it was. It was a lot. It was, uh, uh, you know, um, more people in, in uh, terms of people actually moving. Yeah. Like, like totally did you have people moving New Hampshire specifically due to the COVID restrictions? Oh, I mean, we're, we're getting like a thousand people a year. Uh, moving to New Hampshire. I mean, we, we were like a one, we were like around 10% of the new influx to New Hampshire in 2021 and 2022. Uh, so do, have you modeled it out? Like at what point where you think you could be like, we're just running this shit? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about <laughs> oh, okay. models. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there are models. That's so those are, that hesitation. You, there was... you have to get to level two of, uh, the cabal to be sure. have access to the models. I'm sorry. We sure, sure. Disclose that. I, okay. Uh, but it's a given. They're going to lose. I will say that uh, for any progressives or that. Because you know, one of the funny things is like they, there's this like, sm- it's a small, ar- maybe army is generous, but there's this small troop of people that like consume and pay attention. Like 
things I say get hunted and clipped by yeah. the Democrats, by sure. the people who want you. Know, it's it's really remarkable though, but they want to make us the enemy. It's not Democrat or progressive versus Republican in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, it's Democrat or progressive versus libertarian or versus free stater. Like we've become the primary enemy class sure. of the left in new hampshire and it's uh it's an interesting political phenomenon because as a libertarian i lived in philadelphia before this and it was like i might as well not exist uh and here it's like i'm public enemy number one uh and so there's been a a, a pretty interesting shift and does that me. suck or do you kind uh, of relish I, I it? Like, well, I, you know, we, I, I, you may have said this off off the show, but like, I like being the man in the arena. Like, sure. I, I'm a fighter. You know, I, I like, and it, I'm not saying I have to fight, but I'm comfortable fighting. I'm not someone who stands down, you know, from a challenge or whatever. And so, to me, it's great because I would rather be fighting you than be ignored. Um, but some people would rather be ignored. Some people would rather be the the dropout or whatever. So, yeah. Where, where are you you're. from originally? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. And you lived yeah. there for how long? So I, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia and then I lived in West Philadelphia, uh, proper part of the city for six years of my life after college. Okay. And then, and then from there it was to New Hampshire. Yeah. And because of like, you were a libertarian and then you were like, this is the place or. Both that. And I didn't want to have kids in like right. urban Philadelphia. Sure. So Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm currently a stone's throw away from Madison Square Garden. It's a fucking dump over here. Uh, that's so you obviously wh why why should people like what what would the main benefits of moving to New Hampshire? Like what's you know, what's, what's like what's the brochure for this? <laughs> it's this po I mean it's this podcast. It's this podcast. It's, it's yeah, this yeah. Scintillating conversation nonstop. I mean. You know, a lot of people like to make it about, you know, policy and you can talk about how it's like like lower cost of living or there's this website called Freedom in the 50 States that attempts to objectively rank states by how free they are. And New Hampshire scores the best by a good margin. So, like, theoretically, objectively, we have the least government. But to be honest, like for me, the biggest thing was when I was a libertarian living in other places, I was always like kind of being careful about how I talked about things. Like I wasn't necessarily shying away from it, but there's just like a difference from you're now I go to the grocery store and it's like pretty much guaranteed. I see a bumper sticker in the parking lot. That's like someone that's on my team, you know? Yeah. And there's just like a sort of psychological difference from feeling like there's these people who share your values, like kind of rather than being, you know, a bit of a, and, 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 you know, I think libertarians like broadly agree with most people. I'm not trying to say like libertarians are, have these huge moral differences. Like, you know, everyone wants prosperity. No one likes murder. Yeah, of like, course. You know, of course. Yeah, generally but, they agree on, but there are know. some differences. And, and so the feeling of like having all these people around me who aren't, you know, who aren't going to, you know, who aren't going to judge me or whatever, like, like, you know, I was posting a picture of the other day, like I let my kids unload the dishwasher and I just let them climb up on the counter and if they fall, they fall. And guess what? They'll learn about falling and they'll get better at not sure. falling off the Kenya. And it, but like, but, but you, there's a safetyism, for example, that's kind of like permeated American culture. There's these things that I think are a little bit different about our values, you know, from other, other people's values. And, and so there's a, a comfort in all of a sudden being surrounded by people or having this vast network of people who are like very close to where I am. 
Yeah. And America seems like uniquely positioned to be the country to because are there are there big libertarian parties in other countries? I had um a month ago Mikhail Svetov, you know who that is? He's no. a r- Russian libertarian. He's currently in They have those? Yeah, there're not a lot of them. There's like four of them or something. I, I assume they get like rounded up and, and He's in he's in or... Rio like and okay. he, basically he's oh, he's, well, he's so in, he's not in Russia. That's how that's Yeah, they're you. all like <laughs> like basically he's like when any of us ever come back to Russia, we get arrested like on the spot. You know, you have these like fake trials, all this stuff. Um, well, I mean, luckily, I mean, America is an enlightened country where, I mean, political primary you know, uh, 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 presidential candidates would never be threatened with jail time or, or, sure, or would never, never. Be for office. <laughs> I mean, that's just that kind of thing doesn't happen here. Of course, so, of course. Uh, unlike unlike in Russia. Yeah, yeah. But do you have yeah? Do you have like <laughs> a um a kind of framework for why America like is kind of the home for libertarian? versus other countries uh, i mean again entirely speaking as myself i mean my, my answer is people are different yeah. people are fundamentally different in their perspectives and values a- again we have overlapping values like don't murder but we have differences and america selected for people there's a there's a concept of egalitarian uh envy uh basically how and you can see it um in the swedish nations there's a concept called i might get the term wrong i think it's called jante or something like this um um um, you can see it in all kinds of egalitarian tribes it's this sort of leveling impulse of like no one stand too tall no one try to achieve everything that's the tall poppy or short poppy exactly exactly And, and so i think america selected for people who have less of this impulse than others America selected for people who, uh, you know, want to uh, come, and and that can also mean selection for people who are a little bit crazier. Sure, uh, like yeah, you know, but, but that's the, how but you get like mean, a good, the bad, best type of innovation. Yeah, like you need exactly, someone right? who's a little nutty to be like, why yeah, don't we try and, this? And be crazy. Like you know, I, one of the things that I liked about like like if America didn't wasn't more skeptical, like wasn't I wanted the America to invent a COVID vaccine faster than any other country, and then I wanted Americans to be more skeptical of it than any other country. And I got, you know, exactly because that's the beauty of it. it's not we're not herd thinkers. It's everyone go their own way. Everyone, yeah. you know, stand strong for yourself. You're not stand strong. I don't mean we don't form groups or allegiances or whatever, but it's not homo- like it's the it's the opposite of China. It's sure. the opposite of a sort of culture where you're saying homogeny. Let's compete on on let's let's be as similar as possible, and this is the axis of success. I mean, Canada is, was really like that for up until COVID. I felt like for most of my life, it was a very like homogenous culture, for the most part. It's 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 changed a little bit since COVID. Like I've noticed, like you you can tell, like a lot of people are kind of splitting up you know and alberta's talking about seceding and all this shit they want to be their own state and i mean you got so what is the what is specifically the secession idea with with new hampshire because i've heard it like reference is that actual like one of the goals i i (laughs) i certainly yeah absolutely i mean speaking for myself again but i mean i think absolutely you either need strong federalism or you need secession yeah uh, I mean, because so many of the issues are federal, right? Like they can't be fixed at the state level. Yeah. So how do you allow people to build things again? How do you allow innovation in currency, in biotech, in finance, in real estate, in 
uh, you know, whatever. I mean, there's so many in AI. I mean, now we're going to have AI regulation, right? So again, anytime people do Kamala something- Harris is in charge of that, though. I think that'll do- Oh, okay. well, yeah. We have someone very yeah, capable. I mean, very, she's such a thoughtful- Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right in her wheelhouse, too, so- Right. I mean, if there's any any person who I think could just take on a new domain yeah. and get up to speed, it's Kamala uh-huh. Harris. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very confident in that. But yeah. so, like, I mean, with once this you season... can suck a dick well, you can really <laughs> do anything. Save it for Twitter, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> so, but how does the session work? Because, you know, Quebec tried to do that in the 90s in Canada. They had, there was a referendum in Canada, and it was like 51 49 in favor yeah. of, of not leaving. And like, I was always like, how's that going to work? So like, if I want to drive out East, I got to drive through a new country. I guess it's similar to Europe, but well, then you yeah, went back. I, I, I think it's similar to Europe. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I wouldn't, when I, if to me, New Hampshire independence would not mean border patrols between New Hampshire and surrounding States. Uh, for example, you can't um, get out of Maine <laughs> to get to the rest of the United right, States. Right, 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 right. So, uh, 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 so, uh, to me, it would just mean, um, you know, something, uh, it just means that the jurisdictions are different. The jurisdictional policies can be that it's completely free to cross the borders with no ID checks or the like, but it would just simply mean that federal government policy does not apply to New Hampshire. And that's why also, again, strong federalism without secession would be a sufficient outcome. But the point is you need to have policies by which all of these crazy federal laws, which inhibit people's ability to do anything, to build anything, to make anything, you know, uh, you freeing New Hampshire residents from those laws. That's the outcome that I think is so important. And that could be achieved via secession uh, and that could be achieved via federalism. But I think that's the outcome that's important. Yeah. And so then they would just like they wouldn't have different currency. I guess there would be a, a cryptocurrency or something like that, like a decentralized, but obviously not like a central bank. Uh, it, so, I mean, what, what, what you want is free banking. You want competition in currencies. Like currencies aren't, go- governments benefit from the centralization of currencies. Governments, when the US government controls the dollar, that means that they get to be, have the ability to print more of it. It means that they get to have all kinds of upsides from it being their currency. What you want is a free market. Like I'm not, I'm actually, I'm, you know, some libertarians are gold bugs or whatever. I'm not, I, you know, I'm, you want a cop, you want a free market right now. It's illegal. Yeah. And this is the thing. Illegal illegal. in what? To start like your own bank or something you're saying? It's a, it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, banking and and this stuff. How how could a state with a population, what do you guys like 1.3 million or something? Yeah. How could you compete against like, you know, the top five wall street banks? Like, is there some sort of plan for, for well, that? Well, I mean, if, if, if there was a single area in the world that actually was granted robust freedom, you would immediately see something beyond the level of Singapore in terms of how rapidly it yeah. developed. I mean, right. it, so many people because, would move there if there was no federal, like if there's no federal taxes in New York. Yeah, I mean, so many things could immediately be built. I mean, financial, uh, financial institutions are, are, are really, that's one of the most regulated areas worldwide of anything. And yeah. there are all kinds of, and look, and the truth is, a bunch of this stuff is crazy. Like a bunch of it's bad, right? Like, I mean, that is the lesson of, of financial, right? But, but what the government does is it, every time someone innovates a financial product that causes destruction, the government just lags behind 
and tries to shut it down 10 to 15 years later or maybe five years later. They shut it down in an imperfect way. They shut it down in a way that bans a whole bunch of legitimate development of products and things. And primarily the thing that would have stopped that from happening again was the knowledge of the existence of the thing. Right. Right. And, and so they're constantly playing catch up. Humans will invent some new financial scam or some new financial bullshit. People will be tricked because it, it, it was beyond the concepts of the current law. Yeah. And some new regulation will be passed that bans a bunch of productive things. Right, right, right. And we just see this pattern happen again and again. All right. Um, we got a call here, actually. Give me one second, yeah, please. Let's do it. All right, phone lines are open, everybody. One triple eight nine four nine two nine six nine. Hello, thanks for calling Low Valley Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Danny, it's Josh. Hey, Josh, how's it going? One moment, please. Hey. Uh, and all right, you're on with Jeremy. This is Josh. Go ahead, Josh. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, um, I'm a fan. I follow you on Twitter. Um, uh, so I'm a I'm, I've been a libertarian, registered libertarian for like four years, I think. You know, I listen to Reed, Dave Smith, Clint. You know, all the typicals. Um, but you said two words together that I don't think I've heard before. Uh, libertarian Zionist. <laughs> yeah. I like my provocative right? phrasings, you know, and I do see, I want to create a libertarian homeland. And so that's why, you know, and I also think, uh, Israel doesn't always like this, but like, look, the whole beauty of Israel is, is and you cannot like it. But it's Jews saying we want a country for Jews, and and they act like that's not what they want, but that's what they want, of course. Uh, you know, and and just let it have, like I support Christian nationalism. To be clear, I support uh, you know uh, imams having the ability to to run Muslim states that people want to be a part of. The whole point is to allow people to live the way they want to live, let people join the places they they want to be a part of, and let people sort themselves out. And as long as those people can respect each other, and that of course is the big test. Um, you know, entities that are going to aggress against other foreign entities, this kind of thing needs to be strongly tabooed and discouraged. But this idea that there should be one set of rules for everyone, I mean, I feel the exact opposite. Let people sort themselves out. So even though I don't like a lot of things that Israel does by my own moral principles, I think the idea of a Jewish nation, the same way that I support a black nation or a Christian nation, or a libertarian nation, or a communist nation, or any of these things. I think all of those things are positive developments. And if rather than trying to homogenize the world, instead embrace a vision of, of spaces with different rules where people can go to the places where they're satisfied by the way that things work there. And, and I like things like libertarian Zionism because I know that they make people respond to it. So <laughs> IRL shitposting. <laughs> Okay, all right. So it's more like like Jewish nationalism. I mean, that I guess it's sense. just whatever um, nationalism. You just you're just kind of using that before libertarianism. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and because again, I'm not. Some libertarians are like, well, oh, my ethics are the right ethics, and so these ethics should be followed everywhere. I don't. I'm not that way at all. I see libertarian ethics as my personal ethics. People can disagree with those ethics. But enough people hold those ethics that we ought to have a space where we live with them. It's a it's a religious argument. It's the same argument that the Quakers would have made under uh, uh, under England, where they were religiously prosecuted. I think libertarians are the same kind of thing, where they they have a, a fundamentally different moral or ethical view, 
and they are essentially persecuted because they aren't able to live in accordance with their moral and ethical views. And so the right strategy for persecuted moral and ethical or ethnic or whatever you want to think of it as minorities is to concentrate themselves and to say, well, look, we believe these things. I mean, if the Mormons weren't concentrated in Utah and were instead distributed across the United States, you know, would they be able to have the, the carve outs that the Mormons have? The Amish don't have to pay social security and the Amish don't have to register for the draft. They were able to achieve that by concentrating in southeastern Pennsylvania and refusing to obey government mandates. Libertarians can do the same thing by concentrating their forces and concentrating their demands. Seems, right on. Yes, well, uh, you heard that Danny and uh, Sneeko, they solved the whole Israel-Palestine problem, so we can move on from there. Um, what are we doing? Well, How do we solve that again? I don't remember. No, didn't you say you, you, on Twitter, someone asked you if you solved the, uh, the Israel and uh, Palestine issue. Oh, uh, was it pickleball? Uh, I, you, they, they have to play pickleball. <laughs> I tweet a lot, man. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't but know. I have a question about New Hampshire. About um, what? So I live. I have a question about New Hampshire. New Hampshire, okay. So um, I I live in Arizona, and like every day, you know, I see the the LPNH tw- tweeting. I love it, and you know, I, I'm like, oh, I want to go there. But and now we've got this blue governor in Arizona that. I'm pretty sure wants to turn my kids trans, but um, the biggest <laughs> issue is moving from like Arizona, Arizona to New Hampshire. Like, I don't know, man. It's how do you how do you keep warm? <laughs> or sell sell me sell me on the weather. Uh, I I refuse. I think you should consider that 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 uh, persecuted people in England once went across a boat for eight weeks or however long it took, and uh, and suffered. I mean, people live in England right now. You just you know what the weather's jacket. like there. You just buy a jacket. I'd say. Uh, I imagine uh, it's fairly mo- like I you know I grew up in Toronto area and like I I don't know like last winter in New York was so mild. It was. Well, these, this is in Arizona. You don't know. Yeah, compared they, to Arizona, like, it's yeah. Crazy. They're like it's 120 degrees outside. What, what do you have a problem? Like, yeah, so yeah. we we may have different views on the weather. But like, look, my my main thing with these people is like, if you and if you haven't come out here, Josh, like, just plan a trip. Come out to Porkfest, or it doesn't have to be Porkfest. You can come out any time of year. Spend a week or two out here, and just do that. You don't have to be sold on the idea of anything. You don't have to be convinced. You can be skeptical. Come to New Hampshire and be skeptical. Expect to hate it. I don't care. But like, it's such an interesting idea what we're doing and and has such potential upside that like, it just merits a week or two of your life checking it out. And if you reject it at the end of the day, that's fine. And at least you spent the time yeah. looking at it. Well, but Josh, you also just think about it this way is like, you know, you can stay in Arizona and just like all your kids will be trans. Yeah, yeah, right. That's so the that's, other aspect. That's the other side of that coin. Yes. Or you, get, you, or like, you buy yeah, right. a bunch of coats. Right, because my I have three boys, and I think they're all going to be able to keep their penises here in yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah, so. Oh, God. But I guess you get to stay warm. All right. right? <laughs> You're better. Danny's better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, no, I, I mean, if you're from, like, let me, don't get me wrong. Like, If you're from, although I find a lot of people who are from warm climates almost, like, were you born in Arizona? 
Yeah, I'm a native. I almost think sometimes it's easier to move to because you it's it's novel. Like it's one thing. Like when I went from I moved from Toronto to New York, and I was like, "Fuck, why can't I move somewhere warm?" Because I always grew up around that. But I feel like you there's a novelty to now. It might wear off at some point, but at least at the beginning. But then you have all these other benefits, and so you know you you gotta weigh all these things together, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I got to protect the kids, so I might have to trick my wife into moving out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's not a trick, man. I mean, that's what I said. Like, and don't just come out by yourself. Like, bring the whole family, bring your wife, bring your kids. Like, meet other. You know, there's family meetups. There's all this stuff happening, uh, and it's a very pro-natal uh, movement. Uh, we have libertarians here tend to have a lot of kids, and like that's part of what's so special about it because i've interacted with a lot of other parents and other people who who uh, aren't exactly where i'm at values wise and it's like they just have different views about all this stuff they have different views about child rearing and, and these kinds of things and so the benefits of this that's why i say it's not sure we have the lowest taxes and the least laws or whatever but it's actually more about the climate that's available like the climate for raising a family is my number one reason that, that people should check out New Hampshire. Yeah. All right. There you go. Josh, anything All else? Right. I'll come visit again. Yeah. Nope, sweet. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be Thank neighbors. you. All right. Yeah. Reach out to All me. Right, I'm thanks. happy to talk to anyone, by the way. Like anyone who wants to visit, uh, ping me, DM me, email me, whatever. Um, and I'm happy to talk to you. Cool. All right. Thanks, Josh. All right. Right on. Thanks. Thank Bye. Um, yeah, so you were mentioning the Amish thing. I'm, I'm pretty interested about that because that is a pretty good comparison, I think. Uh, how, how many Amish are there? Actually, no, we got another call here. Oh, well, I, you know, I, as you know, because we discussed my bio, I'm a world renowned expert on the Amish and sure. can precisely give you the number of Amish people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here. Okay, we got another call here. One, one moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling low value mail. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? One moment, please, while I patch you through. No problem. And you are on. You are on with Jeremy. Go ahead. Oh, are you? Hey, what's up, Jeremy? Can you hear him? Hey. Okay, cool. Go hey, ahead. There we go. Uh, so I just had uh, two questions for you. So one, I think um, you alluded to earlier about like the court case. Can you like get into detail about that? Because like, I was like reading an article about it and like it radicalized me like nothing before <laughs> or like no joke. And from what I could tell, basically you literally like asked the judge, like, what did I do wrong? And they didn't even answer you. Yeah. Like, did you just like go into more detail about it? To totally. And it radicalized me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is regards to library and. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the, if there's to, for someone starting from sort of level zero, the big like the thing that's fake is this idea that there is this sort of like objective rule of law that there's this set of laws that an entrepreneur can comply with and if the entrepreneur just complies with them uh you know then you're meeting them this is completely false uh, the way that the law works is you have this really uh, artificial and vague set of statutes that it's completely unclear how it applies to things that you would do in the real world and what the government says is well, you should hire lawyers, private lawyers, uh, to tell you what that law says. And the job of your private counsel is actually to ask, as, to actually to act as a simulator of a judge. 
So when I hire a lawyer, the job of that lawyer is to simulate a judge, a, a court judge, a federal court judge, and to decide things to tell me what that judge would decide. Because you don't know what the law actually says Sure. Until a judge, until but like, doesn't it matter person. what judge you get? All kinds of these <laughs> things matter. All kinds like of these things like, matter. Isn't Absolutely. That a so, but to talking that no, so the SEC for I was under investigation by the SEC for um, between three and four years before they actually sued me, and the conversations that I would have with them were completely insane. The SEC would say we think what you're doing is in violation of the law. And I would say, okay, I would like to follow the law, SEC. If what I'm doing is a violation, can you tell me like how I could follow the law? And we would send them written documents. Like what if we did A or B or C or D? Would any of these things be okay? You know, here's why we think what we're doing is okay. Like, can you tell us why these beliefs are wrong? And they would say, we can't answer any of your questions. All we can tell you is that what you're doing is illegal. If you want to know how to act legally, you need to hire a lawyer. We, we, the government, can't tell you how to behave legally. You need to hire private counsel. All we, the government, can tell you is that what you're doing is illegal. I mean, it's it's like it's Kafkaesque. Yeah. It's 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 dystopian. Right. It's, it's, it's equivalent it's like, to like there's that meme with, with the IRS where the IRS is like knows how much you owe them and then you have to guess and if you're wrong they like lock you up and you're like why don't you just tell yes. how much you owe me yeah and it's real versus having to play this whole game exactly and and so like the government will not could not and would not tell me how to follow and of course in reality anything any way we would have done it they would have said was breaking the law when you pick a specific way to do it, they say that's breaking the law. You say, how can you do it? They say, we can't tell you. If we had picked a different way of doing it, they would have just also said that's breaking the law. Because what they're actually doing is related to my earlier concept. The actual function of government is to act as a leveling impulse, is to prevent new things from being done, is to prevent innovation, is to prevent change. Like even the most liberal of government is fundamentally conservative actually, sure. in the sense yeah, of that yeah, it of prevents its goal is to stop things from happening um, and to make sure that people are equal, not now making sure people equal is, is necessarily conservative value, but to make people equal, you have to stop things from changing. Mm -hmm. And so the, the government of, of, of America, it's not pro-innovation, it's anti-innovation, it's anti-change. All of the regulations, all of these things, they're all meant to stop innovation and change and things from happening. That's why we haven't had a new nuclear power plant design approved in 50 years. Yeah. That's why, and you can point to example after example after example. And this is the most fundamental essence of government is to perform this kind of leveling, egalitarian, anti-innovation, anti-change. And what was the SEC's claim? Like, what, what was their issue with you? That we, so there's a, a law from the 1920s um, that effectively is the primary law used to regulate everything uh, that the SEC does. And, and so it's um, a, a law about um, uh, security. What is a security, right? What is a security? They, and and so, so this is in regard to the, the token? There's a test called the Howey test. Yeah. Uh, so there's a legal test. 
that had, it's like, I mean, I, if you want to get into it, I can't say. Like, I, I know about it. Yeah, I know about it. I, yeah, I know what it is. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. yeah Canadians G- are famously. Uh, it's more of a Jew all. thing, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a Canadian thing, but uh, anyway, so they were basically saying that the uh, the token was a security. But there have been a million of these crypto, and like a lot of them have been. Well, and, and this is where, and, and I'm 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 bad at building my own following because the truth is I'm actually not a very conspiratorial person. Like I'm less, much less conspiratorial than the average person. But there's a quite uh, reasonable conspiratorial explanation here, which is like, look, we were hosting Russia Russia today when no one else. War. Yeah, we were hosting Infowars when no one else would. Uh, I mean, we were hosting Nick Fuentes when even Rumble wouldn't host. Sure, you're basically an enemy and, of the state, right? And so, why did they go so hard after us? Well, uh, we were uh, you know, we were getting millions of visitors a day accessing content that the American government would prefer was not accessed. Sure. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, we could say that's a conspiracy. That I don't know about conspiracy. Yeah, it doesn't, seems... it doesn't take much, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's very, very plausible that a bunch of Biden appointees uh, chose to go after us uh, particularly hard. And that because... was when, when did they, because uh, you were saying they were investigating you, but they were investigating so we, you under Trump? The investigation Trump? was started under Trump, and I'm not like a pro-Trump guy. The SEC under Trump was pretty terrible, but they did not choose to sue or bring a case until Biden. Gotcha. And then once they did, it was pretty swift? No. Once they did, it also took forever, and I'm still literally, like we, you send them an email, it takes two weeks to get an answer. I mean, it's just like, it's it's, this level of service is so poor, mm-hmm. you know, from the, there's no concept of them serving, which is what a government should be, right? Like they should have the attitude of a, you know, an amp, you go, go even Walmart, which I'm sure suffers from, from people who like return, try to scam them all the time. And I actually worked returns at, at a target for one year in my life. Walmart yeah. when I was younger. Okay. Uh, and it's like, you have, but they they still have an attitude of customer service. Of course, yeah. There's no attitude of customer service from the government, generally speaking. It's a much more hostile attitude because you're captured. You're not a customer. You don't choose to be there. You right. have to be there. You have to use the services. So, and what does that mean for um, the future of Odyssey? Uh, so, we think Odyssey has a bright future. It still has a very large uh, user base. It has some um, people who are interested in investing in it. There's been some legal complexities. And so, you know, we're trying to iron these out, but we're hoping that we will be, you know, sort of off to the races again in the near future. I've been saying Just minus this the crypto token? Or, uh, or with the crypto token? There's a variety. There's a lot. I, of, I, I think likely with the crypto. I mean, I actually think. Don't incriminate token, yourself on this stupid show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. What are you, my lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I am Canadian. I, we never faced. We never faced. It was all civil violations, so right. I was never charged okay. with any any criminal activity. I mean, even the judge agreed I was trying to do the right thing. It, you know, so. But it's unclear what that. I guess what is. I don't understand though is like, how is it not at the end of the case? It's like the judge is like. Or at least in the ruling where they're like, all right, like this is the case and this is why you were wrong. And therefore all future cases are like X or Y. But from what I could tell, basically they're just like, you're wrong and you're not going to know how to be correct. Yeah. So that was the biggest mistake I made. And I am, I, I, in terms of my own beliefs, no one deserves more blame for this choice more than me. Um, Although I wish kind of my counsel had like helped me understand this better because I felt like I had said things to them along these lines. 
But like, I thought at some point, and part of why I went to trial was I thought at some point that I would get to like interrogate the law or the government because it wasn't about that what I did was specifically correct. My whole view is the government is this omnipotent entity. It has a set of rules. My job as an entrepreneur is to build things that are compliant with the rules. I was not trying to break the rules. I genuinely wasn't. The rules are impossibly unclear. And so I thought that by, and I'm, by the way, I'm not saying I agree with the rules, but I oh. think that as an American citizen and as an entrepreneur, I, I build things within them. And I thought that by going to trial that I would get to like interrogate them and at least like understand what the rules were. And that was completely false. The trial is all defense. So this ability to understand if you had done things 1% differently or 5% differently, would that have been compliant with the rules? You don't get to explore that. You don't get those questions answered. And so all that comes from the, the case is, well, this specific set of facts done this specific way is against the law. Is intent what factored if, in? In this case, it, well, uh, in the sense that implicitly, yes, but explicitly, no. Oh, okay. Nightmare. Um, anything else, caller? you have any more questions? Uh, yeah, well, yeah I had one more, but I don't want yeah, to hog the time. No, no, go but, ahead, go uh, ahead. Go that ahead. Nina Turner stuff this week, Jeremy, was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And I just want to thank you for the laughs. And if you want to go into it, that would be great. But yeah, like I said, don't want to hog all the time. This is Danny's show. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I cede the floor about, to you. We're doing reparations or yeah. whatever. What do we want? Have you seen? Sure. All, you see, did you see all this? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Set your ass. Well, I'm I did. Danny's an avid follower. But, uh, oh, I did. <laughs> so how does how does all start? She's a former uh, senator. That's correct. She is. I think she's probably more famous as like. She was like what, a big Bernie, you know, person was kind of a, a, a center. Uh, I, you know, I honestly didn't even know. I, just, I originally knew her as just having like a large following and a prominent socialist. That's I what I that thought, was, too. Yeah. An Ohio right. senator. I only just looked like well, when I was preparing for the yeah. show, I clicked on her because I obviously see her on Twitter all the time. I thought she was on like MSNBC or some shit. And then I just clicked. But I might be mistaking her with Joy Reid or something. But then I clicked on her and it said former Ohio state senator. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even know how the back and forth started. There's been some both with my personal account and with the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire account. I actually, you know, kind of, she's rare. A lot of people don't even attempt to cross the aisle or like they only dunk. And she obviously is not interested in having some sort of sincere conversation. But like she actually does uh, reply and engage with, uh, you know, other accounts, whereas most people just do the bubble building thing. You know, and Nina Turner hasn't blocked any of us and, and so, you know, if Nina Turner lets our arguments get out there that reparations is, you know, an insane idea or that, uh, you know, in my view, or I think many libertarians view that the idea of, say, you know, universal medical, universal compelled medical care is a system that's morally equivalent, if not in degree, but in kind to slavery. Mm -hmm. And we get to put those arguments out there. Uh, and and uh, what's and that's essentially saying that forcing anything on anyone in this regard is like is, is that yeah, like, well, if 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 one hundred percent taxation is slavery, what's fifty percent? I right. mean, you you can't do these things without substantial compulsion, um, you know. And so this idea that just because fifty one percent of people raised their hands and said it's okay 
you're still fundamentally doing the system on top of compulsion. And 51% of people would have raised their hands to say black people would have been enslaved 200 years ago. So it can't be sufficient that 51% of people endorse the idea. There has to be a principle that's deeper than that. Sure. And what you're, you, you are, it's not a voluntary system. You know, and that's, to me, that's the key aspect of, of, of the libertarian philosophy is like, I own myself, I own my body, I believe I own the things around me. I believe I own my house. Uh, I believe I own my computer and these kinds of things. And so, okay, now we build things voluntarily from there. We can voluntarily construct socialism. We can voluntarily construct communism. We can voluntarily construct all kinds of things. We can voluntarily construct a, a regime in which my local community doesn't allow street pro prostitution and doesn't allow street heroin. But to say that I should be able to raise my hand and say what happens in Arizona is like, to me, a fundamentally crazy idea. I don't want to be, you know, or to the extent that that's necessary, it would be like only for our mutual defense of the nation or something like not, not uh, yeah. how we're all taxed in this kind of stuff. It's just crazy. Things, everything should be far more local and should be far more based off of the atoms of, of agreement and consent, you know, rather than, um, one set of rules for 330 million people who differ vastly in their perspectives and values. Right. And this little like a uh, back and forth you had was not like, this is the, I guess the reparations. Cause there was, who's the guy who, who uh, Maj or whatever, whatever his name is like you, cause there was a little like uh, infighting amongst the libertarians, correct. In regards to this. Cause I guess is, some people don't agree with you. Well, there's there's been infighting among libertarians among how much you use the terminology of your opponents. I think this is the fundamental thing, right? Like, because there was Joe Jorgensen said Black Lives Matter uh, in 2020, and that was very controversial. Maj Touré says reparations. And so it's like, do you want to use terminology that's been defined by the left because you could have some literal meaning, like, of course, objectively speaking, Black Lives Matter, but is that what the phrase means? You know, reparations generally means race-based income redistribution or payment specifically to Black people. It doesn't mean, like, there's some, there, there's some narrow libertarian arguments for reparations where it's like, well, if you can trace specific property ownership and a specific property rights violation, back generations then ostensibly there could be and forced labor would be would fall under a property rights violation uh, i i in my view that gets much more complex uh but there do the there jews have be, a claim on the egyptians i don't like intergenerational claims sure. very much unless there's maybe with property if you can say okay that property used to be my grandfather's you took it your family still has it return it to me even once you have chains it's like well that property was sold multiple times like those people didn't know that they bought it it starts to get complicated yeah. if you're going to say that well i deserve it that at least there would need to be rectification along those middle layers too like the person who had become who is the fifth owner of a stolen piece of property like it's not clear that they should suffer the loss Absolutely, right like the right. loss should be suffered by the person who committed the harm and so this stuff gets very, very complicated. There's very little nuance around this stuff. But to me, for libertarians, it's like, if we are a political minority, we don't, generally speaking, have the ability to redefine words. And so if we're going to use words like reparations or phrases like Black Lives Matter, like we, we have to be using them in the way that they're commonly understood to mean. And so commonly understood 
Black Lives Matter is a political movement. It doesn't mean sure. It's not the like the literal. Right. Yeah, and 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 commonly speaking, uh, reparations does not mean this property rights claim. It means race based compensation, uh, and so that's something that libertarians should be very opposed to. And but not everybody agrees with that, or is that most people agree? With no, that? I think everyone does agree gotcha. with the idea that race-based compensation, at least every liberty, but but the, the 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 small percentage of libertarians would be the ones who are saying, well, we mean something else by reparations. You know, we mean this sort of because, like, look, if again, I don't agree with Maj, but I, Maj, I, maybe he is. I mean, he should be clear if he actually just wants race-based compensation or so on. Um, um, but I would hope if he's going to wear the name libertarian, that at least he means the sort of narrower when you can trace a specific property rights violation claim uh, version of reparations. Right, right. This is getting very yeah, it's very in the weird. weeds. But I feel like a lot of that's what the libertarianism is. Is you have these kind of yeah, that's why it's it's only for smart people. I mean, that's part of why. I mean, it's like who even who's even capable. And that's part of the problem is like people can't understand print. Like I'm such a cynic. About, about people it's like if people can't understand or apply these principles I mean, people just want and even the libertarian people want their team to win people want their faction to win people rapidly get very illogical and uh non-objective and and biased in terms of their team and that's human nature yeah that's not, not you know and that's just how we are and so i don't know i i i'm fundamentally such a realist that i'm like well we've got to at least embrace these aspects um, of ourselves if we want to get anywhere. Sure, especially if the goal is to have a president, right? Like, is that the goal? Is the president of the United States to be a libertarian? I think that's an unlikely goal, although I think... It like, would as be a lofty... Yeah, yeah, like a lofty, lofty goal here. Well, so, look, the founding essay of the Free State Project, there's an essay written by a guy named Jason Sorin. It's a very smart guy. He wrote it 20 years ago. And the opening two paragraphs are basically like, there's no chance the Libertarian Party will succeed. I would bet all of my life savings that in 20 years, they won't even hit 5% of the vote. And he's, he wrote that in, 20, in 2002. So more than 20 years ago, he said he would bet his entire life savings that the Libertarian Party wouldn't hit 5%. He was completely correct that that never happened. And this is, I mean, I consider the Free State Project a realistic movement because it recognizes that these values that Libertarians have while we think they're very correct, are minority values. Sure. And so once you recognize that you have a minority value, then the correct strategy of a minority is to concentrate so that they can potentially become a local majority, right. the same way that the Mormons and, and the, the Amish and et cetera have. And so the Amish, how long have they had the this carve out where they don't have to pay into Social Security and uh, they're what they're ineligible I, for or they're exempt from the draft? Yeah, I mean, my understanding is that they, they got the, both of those concessions either at the enactment of those bills or fairly shortly afterwards. I know that um, when the draft stuff happened, they engaged in conscientious objection and eventually received. So like basically every Amish person would just get arrested and the yeah. government was just like, well, we're just yeah, paying now, money. Right. To, yeah. right, right. <laughs> like so. And then they gave them a conscientious objector carve out and the Amish did agree to that. And so the Amish version of the draft became something where they could do local community work rather than actually engage in. Gotcha. In the um, all right. We got another call. One moment, please. Hello. Oh, Thanks no. for calling low value mail. Who am I speaking with? 
Hey, can you turn down your radio or whatever? Radio. Fucking radio. Yeah. Hello. Hey, just turn down your speakers. Hey. All right. You're on with Jeremy. Go ahead. Hey, no. Hey, this is Diego Rivera. Uh, I'm just calling Jeremy to tell him that he's awesome and that he's absolutely hilarious. And that I love the stuff that. Hey, can you uh, turn down your. Nothing changes yeah, yeah, for calling shows. Doesn't matter if it was eighty years ago. You, nobody turns down their fucking shit in the background. Yep. Uh, yeah, you got so it. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, I just want to say that Jeremy's hilarious, and I appreciate everything that the New Hampshire boys do for Defend the Guard, and I absolutely love them. Do That's you live it. in New Hampshire? No, I'm going to. Though. I'm going to. That's okay. my plan. Where, where do you live right now? Texas. You live in Texas. Texas yeah. is. Are there a lot of libertarians in Texas? It would seem like there would be. There's some, but the problem is that this is like a blue state masquerading as a red state. So, yeah. So you're gonna make your way over to. Uh, how old are you? I'm in my 30s, man. You're in your 30s, and so, but you actually plan on moving to New Hampshire at some point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know that it'll be possible, but if it is possible, that's. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. You, you know, guys, guys got to have some sort of like em- employment, like relocation kind of program, Jeremy, where you can get people's like, you know, move like, like almost how people move countries. We do. We do actually. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole discord. Um, so there's a, an FSP uh, discord. It used to be discord.gg slash FSP, but I think uh, we have to get that, that URL like broken the last couple of days. And I don't know the new one. Um, it, if you Google FSP discord, I assume it will come up. Um, the uh, look, uh, uh, Diego has been one of the biggest guys behind this really cool initiative called uh, Defend the Guard, which is this idea that state national guards should not be getting deployed uh, in foreign affairs unless the U.S. Congress actually makes a declaration of war, which they never do. So we have this phenomenon where state national guards are just getting sent on all these all these foreign adventures to enact this neocon agenda. Um, are they in Ukraine not- currently? Are they doing? I don't think they are because there aren't actually American troops in Ukraine. Wasn't there something no, where they're, some, they're they're in Poland? Poland, okay. But they get sent all over, and so the idea of this defend the guard initiative is that state troops won't get deployed uh, abroad unless U.S. Congress has actually made a declaration of war. It's a very very sensible idea. It's being pushed in a number of states across the country. Uh, New Hampshire is leading the charge because we're the best, uh, but it's uh, it's it's happening not just in New Hampshire, but in, in a number of other states. And it's a very, very good idea. And Diego has been one of the biggest guys behind it. Oh, very cool. And for the people who, I guess, would argue against this, what is it? Just that's the status quo. We That's what we do. We need bodies. And that's where we're going to pull them from. Or like, is there, what's the rationale behind sending state National Guard uh, overseas? Are you asking me or Jerry? Either of you, uh, either of you, yeah. I'm letting you, D- Diego, yeah, Diego, you're, you're Diego, the number go ahead. one policy guy okay. on this one. Yeah, so, so the, yeah, the biggest thing, you know, they'll come up with excuses. Those aren't, you know, those will always move. The one that they'll keep going back to is, you know, they'll pull federal funding from us or something like that. There's, uh, you know, it's a game of chicken that whenever the states recall back their rights, um, that the federal government, you know, threatens them with funding or something along the lines. It scares politicians because, on average, they're not the kind to do brave things. So sure. I say uh, <clears throat> they're more likely to vote for extending the Purple Heart Highway than they would to ever stop making more Purple Hearts. 
Right. Well, that's pretty dark. And does the federal government, is this an initiative the federal government needs to enact? No, it would be the states that essentially reassert their rights. Uh, but would it, would, would it have to be done state by state? Like where the states started yeah. saying we're not sending? Oh, okay. So, and there's currently yep. zero states that are doing this? It's, it's, it's been passed through the Arizona Senate, so we've made it through chambers. It's a relatively new bill. It's going to be something along the lines of constitutional carry or right to work. It's going to be a fight all the way through. In fact, we're actually doing a phone bank for it for New Hampshire uh, tomorrow. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, that that seems like a pretty logical thing, you would think, anyways. Yeah. Only the generals in the Pentagon hate it, and they absolutely show up every time. So they hate our guts. Yeah. they And their whole thing is we just need the, like, what do they say? Like, the generals, the Pentagons, what do they say when... Same thing. Just, we... we I mean, they, they come up with a bunch of stuff. I've, I've heard things as stupid as, well, you know what happens is... is because essentially Congress could send the National Guard back to war the next day. They would just have to formally declare uh, war, which is the prescription in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Um, but normally they say, no, we can't do that because if we give Congress back the rights, the president is going to have runaway power and he could start more detainment camps. And it's like, so if Congress reasserts their rights through checks and balances, the president's going to have more runaway power. But I've heard generals, JAG officers, Pentagon officials all over the country make arguments as dumb as that. The biggest one is going to be federal uh, funding. Yeah. That's the main through line is they just threaten you with funding. That's it. They'll say we're paying for this, so if we don't get our money's worth, we're just going to pull our funding. You are absolutely funding your own oppression. Crazy. What a country. Love it. We don't have any of this fun stuff in Canada. Um, All right, Diego. No, thank you. No. Yeah, thanks, Diego. Appreciate it. No, I don't have should, anything. We don't have yeah. any of this. Dis- I mean, should, I, we all I, move to, should we move to Canada? No, I don't, don't I have to like kill myself if I have to? Move? Uh, I mean, like, if you're like, feeling like a little sad, no, it's, you don't have to. It's if you're feeling sad, they will for you. Have the Canadian, Canadian, like Canada has a lot of welfare. They like started putting like a lot of suicide pamphlets in the, in the welfare. No, the thing is, is like some people were very much like that whole stuff is all like super overblown, but then you would see these anecdotal things of someone who's straight up like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a veteran. I called veteran affairs cause I was like, you know, having problems. I needed like a ramp built at my house because I'm in a wheelchair because I got like my legs blown off. And they're like, well, we don't really have the money for a ramp right now, but have you considered killing yourself? And like, you know, apparently this is happening. They're, it's, it seems so crazy to even say, but yeah, apparently it's happening. But the actual suicides I don't think are happening. All right, we got another caller. One moment, please. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Alex. Alex, one moment, please, while I patch you through. All right, Alex, you're on with Jeremy. Go ahead. Hey, Jeremy, uh, I'm wondering if you could name the names of all of the people who persecuted you, uh, all the people that you had to deal with who made your life miserable. <laughs> Can you uh, name and shame them live on here? Um, you don't have yeah. to. Uh, what uh, is this no, in reference I, to? You know, it's funny. Uh, the library case? Oh, the library case. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what's, what's, what's funny is I actually, I discussed with my uh, counsel at, um, at a previous date, like whether 
whether I could do that. And they're like, that's the worst thing. Yeah, you don't like you and, and, and we're talking about government but like, officials. But I'm like, why? I, I will say, like, I will say it, it's not it's not a belief I share because I'm like, they're responsible. Isn't that the whole point? Like you name when one cop, like, you know, obviously it's ultimately Gary Gensler, and the whole SEC commission has to sign off on anything that they've um brought, although you so every commissioner and gay against are absolutely to blame. But it's also true. So there's two agents, uh, Peter Moores and Mark Jones, out of the Boston office, who had an incredible amount of discretion and who very clearly were like, you know, uh, you know, Biden supporters who really didn't like me personally. And there's no question that those two individuals, Peter Moores and Mark Jones, uh, bear a lot of the responsibility for everything that happened to library. And if they had chosen to be more reasonable people and not such, you know, uh, viciously violent uh, political animals, uh, that we would be in, in much better shape. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're very evil and disgusting individuals, and, and I don't mind naming them as as such. I think they should be regarded as, as badly as, you know, a, a cop who beats up an innocent uh, person or who shoots an innocent person. I mean, what we suffered, I mean, to suffer millions of dollars of, of abuse and, and harassment, I mean, that's enough money to save lots of people's lives. I mean, that's enough money to do a lot of things. Yeah. And they absolutely um, you know, chose to do those harms for no valid reason. Yeah. And you are of the opinion that their orders came from higher up? or No. Uh, well, it's a mix. And also, let me be clear. At no point in any of this... Did anyone allege that I harmed them or defrauded them? Like no one went to the government. Yeah, yeah. No, there was no German victim. Tri- there was, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no, no victim. victim. You're like this isn't yeah. like uh, FTX or anything. Right. Where this you're is, running a this Ponzi. Is, yeah. This is. This was our company and counterparties entering into mutually agreeable transactions where the government's saying you can't enter into that transaction. The counterparty will issue an affidavit to the cart to the court saying, I wanted to do that transaction. Right. And the government is saying, you can't, sorry. So it's, it's, it's entirely a unilateral action of the federal government. And I think absolutely the agents who have, have brought that uh, deserve to be shamed and to be held responsible. I think it's incredibly immoral uh, what they've done. And I think it is uh, commensurate to, to robbing or beating someone yeah. uh, and, and should be judged accordingly. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like a lot of the issue with this like SEC stuff is that they're just not applying these rules like evenly, right? Like I imagine- There's not one. No, 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 no. It's worse than that. Oh. What they want, what the, the agenda that's been set at a very high level is nothing is legal. And what they have is a vague set of rules. And so anytime anyone does something- they say what you did was illegal. They will never make a positive statement as to how to do it legally. They say Bitcoin is done legally only because they've been so pigeonholed that there's no way to walk that back. But there isn't a single other one that they will point to. There's not a single other token, not a single other uh, blockchain, uh, anything that they'll say this is an okay way of doing it. I mean, they're suing Coinbase after their own agency approved yeah, they Coinbase approved as a their publicly Coinbase, they're, yeah, they're publicly And now they're business. saying Coinbase's business model is fundamentally illegal after they approved it. I mean, their agenda is 
to shut down all of this. It's not, there's, this is what I say when the, there's the rule of law is fake. There's no actual objective set of rules that they're trying to enforce. What they're trying to do is stop any of this activity from happening. And keep and this their power. Idea, yeah, yeah. And so this idea of government rules at, the, at a high enough level, all this stuff is fake. And I'm sure it's just as true in Canada that this idea of there being rules and a free market and entrepreneurs can compete if they follow the rules, that's not real. That's not something that exists. At least once you get to a high enough sure. level. I'm yeah, not saying, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like if you have like a, you're a contracting company or something like, yeah, you'll be fine yeah. if you're like a single yeah. guy doing that. But it's, yeah, it's once you start kind of getting out into the, the, the edges there that uh, I guess you run afoul. And do you think it's all just because they're trying to keep their, like their position of power in terms of currencies and whatnot? Like they're just like, these are threats to the, like, are they seeing these as just threats and they're just like, we got to. No, actually I don't think so. I, and this is where I'm, this is part of why I'm not conspiratorial is I think generally speaking, most things come from local incentives. And so like, for example, in terms of the agents who prosecuted our own case, like I don't think they were necessarily ideologues. I'm sure they're mild ideologues. Like I'm sure they're center leftists who like don't like me. Sure. But I think part of it is they have a boss and their boss said, produce enforcements. Well, if you're a police officer and your boss says, produce tickets, do you go to the most dangerous spot or do you go to the bottom of the hill? Right. And, and we were very honest and transparent people. And so we were the bottom of the hill. We thought we were following this the speed limit. And so we didn't shy away. There were entities that didn't get anywhere near the attention because they focused on hiding things. And we got punished partially because we were transparent. And then I think as the case went on, because we continued, because again, we started getting investigated in April of 2018. I would have to check the numbers, but it's probably like 50,000 monthly users or 100,000 monthly users. Like it was not. How'd you even get on the radar then? Because the token was high up on the coin market. Right. Coin market cap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So they were just going down. Can Odyssey exist without token? Yeah. But I think it's less interesting without it. I think right. it just becomes rumble or something. It's, which a, is just it's centralized. Not interesting. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with uh, as with the token, it could have been decentralized. Is that correct? Yeah, the idea is with the token, you could download your wallet off of Odyssey and take that wallet into other apps. And even if Odyssey blocks you, you still have your following. You still have all your likes and subscribes. You still have all of your content. And so this idea is that all of these interactions that are happening are being recorded at this level that's deeper than the Odyssey website. They're being recorded at the library blockchain level. So even if the Odyssey website is this gateway for most people, if Odyssey ever becomes evil or bad, the fact that everything is open source and the fact that everything important or most of the, not everything, most of the things that are important are being recorded at this lower level, the ability for Odyssey itself to become the bad guy is different. And with every other design, you have one set of rules. And so you either need to allow Nick Fuentes or you don't. You right. need to either allow X or you don't. And I'm not a fan of necessarily any of these people, but um, that our design is you have this blockchain that's permissionless and anything can go on the blockchain. And then you have apps with the ideas as our ecosystem continued to grow as you would have apps with different rules. 
And so if you want, you know, a safe space, you can go to the safe space app. If you want uh, a fringy space, you can go to the fringy space app. Those apps might have different monetization rules. They might have different rules, but the, you guys just didn't want to get into content moderation. You're like, we're not, that's not our rule. Well, I, I, I mean, Odyssey actually does have to moderate content. Odyssey has to follow federal laws. Odyssey wants to maintain advertisers, even if it's not trying to be where YouTube is. But my most fundamental thing that I wanted to achieve was creating a, an actual marketplace for content. And a marketplace is doesn't have a, you know, a proper marketplace to me, doesn't have a bunch of thumbs on the scale, doesn't have a bunch of these arbitrary rules. It's if there's a buyer who wants to sell it and someone who wants to buy it, like let that interaction happen and buy it can hear me and watch it for free. Right, right. But like, yeah, like yeah. let, let, let that interaction happen. And I'm not trying to be the morality police. Even if, again, there are plenty of things that people might watch that I would disagree with, but to me, it's a peer to peer interaction. And if a and B agree, it's not my job and not my right. role to stop to, that. To intervene that. in any yeah. way. And why not um, like offshore it? Was that a. Um, I've had a very prominent billionaire aggressively telling me that I should leave the United States and renounce my citizenship. <laughs> um, but my commitment of, <laughs> to New Hampshire has kind of, uh, I haven't been able to. So what you need yeah. to do is you need to make New Hampshire, not the United States. Right. I've got, you know, <laughs> yeah. So when are you visiting Jenny? You're going to be up here. Soon, oh, I'll, I'll come uh, up there for sure. I'll come check yeah. it out. I'll come with, I mean, come with Robbie on the porch tour. I don't know if you noticed, but um, uh, comedians make excellent dictators. And yes. so I really think it's going to take one of your types <laughs> to come up here. Well, I'm Canadian, uh, so it's not going to be me, but I like Dave. I like Dave <laughs> for the role. I don't think he wants to do it, but um, all right. Caller, he's still on the line. I forgot you're even there. Uh, anything else you got for uh, Jeremy? Uh, just one thing, yeah, Jeremy, they made you, print, they made you print out the source code from your Git repository onto paper and mail it to them, correct? Uh, that was a compliant choice on our part. The, but, uh, what happened, that one is they um, they asked us for like every version of our website and our website is all on GitHub, including the contents, like every content. It's like anyone with even moderate technical sophistication could have access to all this stuff. Uh, they were like, we can't deal with that. They're like, just give us every version. So we're like, fine. We programmatically printed out. I we we have delivered the SEC a million pages of paper <laughs> documents. Jesus. And partially that is them just being jerks. Yeah. And making us waste our own time. Like yeah. yeah. And then that's just like that's kind of what they're trying to do, right? That's like what the yes. government often does is just make your life hell. Oh, they threatened us. We had a call out. Them. We had a yeah. We had a call with them and they're like, if you don't bend the knee, we will just run up your billings and waste your time. And they yeah. said that to us explicitly. I mean, they're the mafia. The SEC will not have recorded conversations. They didn't consent to having recorded phone calls. Like they they are the mafia. They behave like the mafia. They're this idea of that they're trying that they that the government agents are fair people with some objective standard and if you comply you're not in trouble it is so fake it is entirely fake and if there's one and you know i didn't even realize how fake it was i kind of assumed that a lot of these people were at least 
trying their best or whatever. I didn't meet a single honest person the entire time throughout all of this. Every single person was a psychopath. They had no morality to them. You couldn't talk to them as an individual. They just had their orders from on high. And it was like, these are the kinds of people who would have been Nazis. I mean, it's this, they have an incentive. If you, if you produce X, you get paid Y. They have no individual concern to the morality of what they're doing. They just have a boss. The bosses give me X, they give X and they don't have, there's no internal morality to them. They would do any, I think they would murder people. I think they would do I do, No, I'm yeah, not joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like they're not moral people. They don't have And this isn't a law sense. enforcement. This is the Securities and Exchange Commission. It's dark, dark stuff. Um, all right, thanks, caller. All right, we, we got another call here. One moment, please. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Danny, it's the mayor. Hey, the mayor. One moment, please, while I patch you through. All right, Mayor Aaron, you are on with Jeremy. Go ahead. Hey, Jeremy. This is uh, Libertarian Mayor from Colorado, Aaron Lamb. How are you doing tonight? Good to talk to you. Excellent. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, I please correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume that Louisiana Twitter uh, for the LP is at the bottom of your ranking and LP and H is at the top. Where would Colorado rank? <laughs> well, Colorado, I think Colorado got banned from uh, Twitter, but I was, I do believe I was following them before that. Why and- is Louisiana on the bottom? Uh, they're woke and terrible. Oh, Jeremy okay. <laughs> can add more. Yeah, one of the things, Danny, this is the danger of, of, of stepping into LP drama is there are a lot of opinionated people who care oh, about sure. very marginal, marginal things. <laughs> Look, I, you know, my view of all this stuff is like, sure, I, I, I don't even have the strongest recollection of, uh, recollection of, uh, of specific state tweets, but like, I'm sure there are bad states out there. Maybe Louisiana is one of them. Who cares? Like, I would rather the attitude of the LP be if you want to trans your kids you need to move to these five states, you know, rather because it's the idea again of all this stuff of there being one national set of rules. Like that's what I'm opposed to. And I, and this is also where maybe I break with the Mises caucus and other stuff, but like, I'm, I'm about different sets of rules. I don't want people in my neighborhood to be transing their kids. I would discourage it. I would uh, you know, be, be, be very against it in terms of my local community. But this idea that, I should be trying to enact some worldwide mandate about a complex topic is not my view. My view is that I only have the authority to be enacting these kinds of things locally. And as we get at a distance, then Louisiana's business is Louisiana's business. And so as long as Louisiana, and I'm not even trying to pigeonhole their views, but let's take them as like, let's pretend they're whatever. As long as Louisiana isn't trying to mess with New Hampshire, New Hampshire isn't trying to mess with Louisiana. And so that's the attitude that I I want. You know, I know we're going to run a, a candidate for president, which means that they need to take stances on this topic in terms of what's right and what's wrong. But my actual view is that the right solution to these complex topics, whether it's gay, like gay marriage, trans stuff, polygamous marriage, prostitution, hard drugs, whatever, like the goal is localization. It shouldn't be everyone can do heroin everywhere. It should be there shouldn't be federal and state laws against heroin, right? For it shouldn't sure. be, you know, and so this is my attitude with all, uh, you know, of these things is that, you know, it gets really complex. And so when we get into complex areas, 
the answer is diversification. Even if my personal view would be that, yeah, like I think generally speaking, giving minors hormones or drugs that will prevent them from becoming sexually mature is like, that seems very bad and wrong to me. I'm still like a little bit uncomfortable because there are obviously people who strenuously disagree. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with saying that this is like, should be the law of the land everywhere. Sure. Sure. Dan, Danny, may I ask another question? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Uh, Jeremy, have you been following the recent efforts of Colorado's governor, Jared Polis to try and position himself as a libertarian and reason pushing this heavily? It's, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing how many people are interested in claiming that name. And part of why the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire does what it does is to kind of make sure that that word is reserved for people who really understand what it means. Uh, and that's, I think, look, the Libertarian Party obviously struggles to win elections. At, but one of the things that it does serve as is it's the vehicle that people do for what the word libertarian means. And I can see it happen in New Hampshire all the time where, because the Free State Project gets all this attention as a libertarian movement. Who do people go to? They look up libertarian New Hampshire and they end up at the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. You know, people who are looking mm -hmm. up libertarianism for the first time and these kinds of things frequently end up at state resources or in state parties or interacting in these kinds of ways. And so I think it's important that the Libertarian Party be a vehicle for proper libertarian values, for the strongest version of those values. And if, if, the, if the amount of people who agree with those values is a half a percent, it is what it is. But I, I would rather not become something that is separate from our core values uh, because I think then where does the idea go? Where does the philosophy go? If the Libertarian Party starts to become this compromising vehicle that's like, well, you know, we don't believe in absolute property rights or we don't believe in you actually own yourself or whatever, like, where do those ideas go? And so I, I that's what I like the Libertarian Party to be as a, as a sort of vehicle for um, if it's going to exist, it needs to be a vehicle for the philosophy because people who discover it end up there. And if it's this watered down version of it or this bastardized version of it, that seems like a real problem. Yeah. And that's the current governor, Aaron? Yeah. Uh, Jared Polis is the current governor. He's a Democrat? And, uh, it was pretty interesting. Or, or uh, he, is, he is a very strong Democrat that instituted a lot of COVID lockdown type policies that and, destroyed businesses. And, and now he's trying to say that he's a libertarian? Absolutely. I mean, quoting yeah. Rothbard and uh, Hayek and, and I mean, really trying to go out of his way. And uh, many of us think that Justin Amash, who he was friends with when they were in Congress together, is the one that's actually feeding him this information. And uh, I'd love to ask, too, or uh, uh, just say first, I really uh, appreciate the efforts that Jeremy and the Free State Project and the LPNH have had with the Republican Party of New Hampshire with getting a lot of people elected and getting many pro-liberty policies enacted. And uh, I just wanted to ask, too, if Jeremy has seen the uh, recent alliance and pledge that the Libertarian Party of Colorado and the Libertarian Party, or sorry, the GOP of Colorado have had together. Yeah, so I've seen this here. Uh, so that kind of um, alliance, I think, is, is uh, potentially good so long as it plays out well so we've got to see how it plays out but i think it's it's um 
plausibly a, a good idea. This idea of politicians wanting to grab the label libertarian, you see it all the time. Uh, we saw Governor Chris Sununu in New Hampshire um, sit down with Cato and founder Jason Soins and Will Ruger uh, trying to build his libertarian cred. And he does deserve some of it. He repealed a bunch of occupational licensing laws, is generally pro-market. But Sununu was also, um, uh, in my opinion, uh, quite imperfect on COVID. We saw Trump in the 2020 election try to be like, oh, I'm kind of libertarian, you know, trying to capture mm -hmm. that uh, segment going into the election. And so we cannot like politics, but the truth is this is what good, let me, let's say successful rather than good. This is what successful politicians do. They attempt to um, any potential contingent or label, they attempt to garner the support. The idea of Amash working with Polis is perfectly plausible. They're like centrist neoliberal types, um, you know, rather than private property and voluntarily, you know, involuntary oriented libertarians. So they're like markets work, but also government can do all kinds of these things uh, because this is how the government, you know, solves uh, various problems. And so they're not really in terms of, you know, Rothbardian or, uh, or humor, or uh, or or the or, um, or 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 Hoppe, or the types of people who have influenced me, or even David Friedman, like they're not really coming from that school of thought, uh, and they but they see themselves as libertarians, and so they want uh, to to take the movement in in a certain direction. Um, I I you, know, you and I wouldn't agree with that, uh, but that's what they're trying to do. But do you see him like running like for re-election and switching his party or no? No, 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 no not no, like no, no. he's not going that no. like to extent. Okay, no, no. So, so, so again, Danny, if, if I may, it, it it's not that he is going to be switching his party or anything within Colorado. It is that he is positioning himself for national election and for the next presidential election. Gotcha. He is trying to make himself a moderate Democrat that appeals to the libertarian-leaning Republicans, and trying to completely diminish all of the horrible COVID policies that he had during that time frame. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, look, we've seen none of this. Look, even the best Republicans on COVID, who is calling for an investigation into the lab leak right now, which is like... I mean, oh, Rand well, Paul, right? Yeah, okay, all right. So we've had Rand Paul be good for for three years uh, yeah we have no one else even you know like uh, it, it it's crazy i mean because the evidence it's so weird to me this is one of the weirdest things to me is like uh, where where is that because the evidence is overwhelming that we had a disease that was man-made uh that killed what several million people even if you think covid was overblown it did kill i think at a minimum several million people caused an incredible amount of economic damage on top of all the deaths. And it's like, people will still argue about masks. People will argue about vaccines, but everyone has moved on from the fact that this was a disease that was almost certainly, I mean, evidence is very strong. I don't think this is even a conspiracy theory anymore. The evidence is very strong. This is a disease that was made by people. Who? Yeah. Where's the trial? Yeah. Where <laughs> like, what the hell? This is the worst thing to happen to me in my entire life. I mean, worst like masses. I mean, I've had people die. So I'm of course, of course, but globally, like, 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 like yeah, this is the worst thing to happen 
in our lives and no one's been punished. And I'm not even talking about punishing government officials in America who did lockdowns or whatever. I think that's plausible, but like, I'm talking about like, where's the investigation for this thing that was invented by people and released by people. Yeah. No one who's not, calling not, for yeah, it. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah. some people on the internet, basically, like a yeah. loose assembly of people on the internet. But yeah, nobody. Yeah. The all I guess are there any politicians who are calling for this? The odd one I, here or there. I don't really. Probably Josh Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> all right, Aaron. You got anything else? No. Thank you again. I hope you all have a good evening. Appreciate it. Take care. Aaron, uh, he's the mayor of uh, Keensburg, Colorado. I don't know if you know. Oh, that's sweet. I didn't. I didn't realize he was the mayor. That's yeah, he's awesome. yeah he's the mayor of Keensburg, Colorado. He's a libertarian mayor of Keensburg, Colorado. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. He's a good dude. Um, all right, we got another call. Uh, hold on. Uh, okay, one second, please. Hello, thanks for calling. Low value mail. Who am I speaking with? Dennis. Dennis, one moment, please, while I patch you through. And by I, I mean not me. All right, you're on with Jeremy. Go ahead, Dennis. Jeremy, now that Dave Smith has given up on running for president, when are you going to announce? I would never. I think uh, running for president is just, it's too depraved. Uh, I think it's just too depraved of, uh, of an activity. For someone like me, uh, you know, to to engage in, I just I don't think I could I could lower myself in that way, <laughs> it, uh, you know. And I I ran for Senate here in New Hampshire is the first time I ever engaged in the political process, and there's some aspects of it that I enjoyed, but there's a lot of I think what's involved that's that's just it's not the right. I just don't I actually just don't think it's the right role for me, uh, you know, to be playing, and so. I'm very interested in being involved in the libertarian movement, uh, but I think someone who wants to, you know, really go out and do the uh, glad handing and the handshaking and all this stuff, I think like it needs to be someone who is who is much more interested in doing that. Like, like my attitude is, I'm like, I'm like, let's talk about the stuff where people disagree the most. I'm like, let's talk about, you know, uh, whatever's um, you know challenging or interesting, and I think. I just don't think my own personal inclinations are actually the right ones. For, yeah. For Who, who's the current? Is there a front runner for the candidate? Uh, jo I, jo uh, you've probably got Josh Smith as 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 the uh, front runner. Um, uh, he's uh, he lives in Iowa and uh, he's put out some some really good ads. He has a, he has a pretty big following. Um, he seems to have the most support, at least among the libertarians that I know. Yeah. Okay. All right, caller, you got, you got anything else? No, I just think that uh, we need someone who can speak to libertarian principle and tell people to go to the free state, and uh, I think Jeremy can do that best. Yeah, all right. Well, he doesn't seem to want to, so. I would just be so mean, like, I just don't, like, like everyone who runs for president, they're so nice. I'd be like, I'd go up to Not be Not the like, last I, guy! Well, but he, I'd be like, I don't think you should be allowed to vote. Like, 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 that's what I would say to people. I'd be like, I don't think you should have any say. How does that? How does that work? Where people don't have any say? <laughs> well, what do you mean? I mean, to, it's to me. I want politics to work like restaurants, man. Like, I don't have any say in how McDonald's works. And quite frankly, if McDonald's was run like a democracy, where every McDonald's uh person who visited there got to vote on the menu like i think it would be a worse 
restaurant. Right. And I'm not trying to say McDonald's is the best restaurant, but I think like people, part of the problem of democracy is that people's people want to generally be perceived as like better than they are. And so democracy encourages people to pretend that they want or believe all of these things. Uh, but then, you know, when it comes to having to like, you know, pay for them or pay the bill or do they work or not, you know, these things don't actually work. And so under competition, you know, under free markets, like the things that work succeed and things that don't work don't succeed. And so my view is that government should be way closer than that. Like, you know, I like the idea of a competitive dictatorship where I have no say, you know, what's on the menu, but I have every say on where I eat. Sure. Uh, you know, restaurants work again. Who picks and, the dictators, though? What they pick themselves. Oh, they just pick themselves. Right. Yeah. Like this, who, who chooses who to start a rep, who chooses to start a restaurant, someone who thinks they can. Right. You know, and so if you are a good dictator and you can accrue people to live in your polity or to live in your area or to live under your set of rules, and it doesn't have to be one person, it could be a group of people, it could be, but like, let the Mormons accrue Mormons and let the Mormons live under Mormondom. Let the libertarians live under libertariandom and recruit the libertarians. And, and we can repeat this, you know, for every various philosophy. If communism or socialism are such great philosophies, let them compete in the free market of philosophy. And let's see if a, a communist nation can outcompete a free market one. Okay. I'm very skeptical that it would. But like, let's let them try. Let's let each thing exist. Um, instead, what we have is this, again, this sort of global homogeny that's enforced worldwide, with the United States being one of the primary enforcers of this homogeny, but it's a sort of global egalitarian net that swallows and crushes everything. Yeah. Um, okay, we got another caller. We're going to wrap this up very shortly. Thank you again for your time. I, I do appreciate this very much. It was a great episode. All right. Uh, hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Sorry, I fucked up. Hello. Hey, Danny, how are you doing? Format, how's it going, man? All right, you are on with Jeremy. <laughs> I've never done Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, you have to talk like three hours. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the clo- what I'm saying, Danny, is that this is my Joe Rogan. This cool. I uh, <laughs> got bad news for you, man, but uh, <laughs> I do appreciate it. All right, Format, go ahead. You're on with Jeremy. Fuck yeah, dude. I was going to say, damn, Daniel, back at it again with a great guy. Thank you. So, uh, what, What's your question Jeremy, for Jeremy? Yeah, of... And where do I start? I, I did prepare a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we gotta be quick because we gotta wrap say, this up soon. Format. We do, we do. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. Um, uh, so specifically about uh, uh, about the uh, library token, is I'm a big fan of uh, you know freedom, individual rights, uh, technology, all that together just uh, makes me love blockchain. So with the uh, with a court case, how has that, or, or if, if you can just kind of like give a brief overview, like what is, what does the token allow you? Like what does what owning the token give you and how has the, uh, this SEC case so far impacted, uh, the token and you know, what the people can have with it and whatnot. Yeah. So fundamentally what the token is giving you is it's giving you right access to the library blockchain. But the value of the library token would come from the ability to write to or update the database. So you need the token to create a handle, to create an entry once you have a handle, to tip or support other creators. And you also have this staking system uh, around names and discovery. Um, but that's what it's doing. We're not, the library token was never trying to be money. It's not going to be what you would buy your cup of coffee with. The idea is to have a database that can register content that exists that's not controlled by anyone. 
the project and the technology are very mature but not finished no technology ever is every technology needs to continue to be updated and there need to be usable ways like odyssey that people can use it if they're if if um sort of investors and other people regard there as being legal clarity and they want to help invest in odyssey and make odyssey successful or just other doesn't even have to be odyssey it could be a new product um if that energy because right because someone could spin up a new clone of odyssey and have all the content and have all the following and have a bunch of stuff be there Uh, if the energy is there to do that then i think the network is has a bright future if people are scared, continue to be scared of the legal circumstances, if, you know, it's still even today a legal difficulty. How do you get the token widespread into people's hands, just legally speaking, or yeah. you know, how do you do that? And so there's all these challenges. And so, look, I, you know, some, I've always tried to be honest about, uh, you know, where we are. I've never, I never, talked about library as this thing where it was guaranteed and i never you know i think we we weren't the shills we were always people who talk frankly about all this stuff i think even me talking about it frankly now is is part of why everything is 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 where it is i still think there's a lot of potential there uh but it's beyond me It, it 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 requires other people coming to the table and other people stepping up and building things. And it requires things that I'm trying to make happen. And I am working on them almost every day, but it's not me anymore. It's other people. And if other people are willing to do these things, then then I think the network and the project will still be successful. If people are, you know, whether they're too concerned about legalities or X or Y, then like, but it's not me anymore. It's it's the users and the people and everything else. Okay. Okay. So it's more like they kind of removed you from uh, from being able to work on the project as much. Okay. Uh, well, and- it's it, I'll, I'll be honest. One of the things that comes up is like even if I talk to someone who might want to invest in some company, even a new company, whatever, it's like will am i such a target yeah like is, is the sec my, just like watching everything you do and the next exactly. thing they're just like pouncing yeah and that there. and that's and that's again where this this idea of the rule of law it's just fake and so like it's a real thing it comes up with potential investors all the time like well did you just make everyone in the sec hate you and so for the rest of my life will i just be harassed by government officials and and face extra scrutiny maybe not for the rest of my life but for some foreseeable future yeah will i just face extra scrutiny and harassment from government officials because i was mean to them on the internet right. and that let me and, and, and let me be clear that is the predominant attitude among the sort of multi-millionaire and billionaire silicon valley class and so it's sort of accepted that government is broken because almost everyone I talk to that is is sort of in the moneyed classes is sort of of the attitude that, well, if you make a government officials angry, of course they will unilaterally prosecute and abuse you. That's just considered reality. Yeah. And so if you want sort of strong evidence for, and I, I imagine most people who follow me are like, this isn't new for them, but like if you want strong evidence that the idea of there being a rule of law, that this all is all fake, that it's patronage all the way down, that it's all about who is friends with who. It's the idea that almost everyone I meet thinks that the government will 
continue to personally abuse me because <laughs> I was to them on the internet, right? Like that's what the, that's what most people believe. Well, if the government oh, you're talking tons of shit about Gary Gensler or something, yeah, 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 fuck yeah. him. <laughs> he yeah. sucks. He's a terrible. Evil Regardless man. of your feelings I, yeah. on him, that should yeah. not impact your standing with the SEC. Exactly. If the rule of law is real, then I, especially I in the United States, this is like yeah. whatever the fucking First Amendment. Best, are we not? Yeah. Well, you guys have the the amendments. Yeah, we have all the the Constitution. Yeah. What about the Constitution? Yeah. Um, all right, format. Is, is oh, yeah, wrap this uh, up. We, we're yeah, wrap this up. Two main points. A uh, very quick question, and the main one I was building to. I was just wondering: Has the recent XRP case uh, helped anything at all, or doesn't matter? It's and this this is another interesting lesson of the case, which is also that public perception is more important than legal reality. We lost vendors who were outside of the U.S. who were never threatened by anything the U.S. government was doing to us because they were just scared. And similarly, we struggle to get vendors today, even though theoretically our court ruling has made it clear that certain vendors should be able to work with us at this point. And so you have legal reality and then you have perceptions. I think the XRP case maybe affected the legal reality but certainly affected the perceptions. And so if the XRP case can make companies or entities more comfortable dealing with cryptocurrency, like it, like if Coinbase, like Coinbase should be listing XRP again, if they haven't, like this is the kind of stuff that needs to happen. And if enough entities are this, because it also relates. If people, if enough people believe the government won't do something, the government won't do the thing. Yeah. Like there's a sour grapes. Well, this is the other thing I've learned is that like regulation is sour grapes. So like the government always wants the grapes, but if it can't reach the grapes, it didn't want to regulate the grapes. If that makes sense. Like the sour grapes analogy of like the government wants to regulate everything, but if it can't regulate something, it didn't want to regulate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Gotcha. Yeah. That's the, you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, Format. Appreciate it, man. Oh, sorry. I hung up on him. Um, uh, all right. I bet that was the best question of the night. Probably. It's okay. He got he got like a four questions in. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm going to take one more question, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Hello. Thanks for calling. Low value mail. One moment, please. All right. Yo, you are on with Jeremy. All right. We, we only have a few minutes, so make this a quick one. Go ahead. Uh, oh, Jeremy, like the stuff that you're talking about, learn about all this stuff from Dave Smith. My question is, you've already been hounded on by the federal government. What, what steps do you guys take, especially in New Hampshire, to like keep out interlopers and, you know, federal agents? Because the, the government in back in the 90s, they used to brag about how like they made up like nearly 60% of like all these like right-wing national groups during like operation Papcon or even back during the civil rights era they're like yeah we got like 30 to 50 percent of federal agents making up most uh, black civil rights groups like what kind of steps do y'all take to keep such things from being you know infesting y'all's movement well one of the biggest benefits that we have is we're 
just trying to win through democracy. Like we're not trying to do some subversive. Yeah, you're not like starting a militia or anything. Yeah, Yeah, right. So free staters are mostly trying to just run for office and get elected and then dismantle the state. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to, to more ambitious plans than that, but the primary plan is to just win that way. And so what can a Fed do? Uh, like there's not, there's not a plot to, to kidnap the governor or whatever it might be that, that, you know, these things aren't happening. Right. And so I, it would not surprise me if there are federal agents in the Free State Project ecosystem. I think we've achieved enough success and have enough of a reputation as being anti-government that it's quite conceivable that there are paid federal agent employees. I think the idea that there would be some substantial portion of the movement, I would be very skeptical of that. But the idea that there's a couple of them, I, I don't find implausible. But the answer is, so what? What, what are you going to do? Uh, if someone is agitating for, you know, uh, you know, violent or, or or criminal behavior, if someone's you know trying to foment, you know, the kind of plot that happened in in Michigan or whatever, where they're trying to kidnap the governor, you know, I think that could give you uh, some pause as to whether this person is potentially. But isn't that like a non-libertarian principle to be doing that? That's debatable. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, <laughs> what am I? I mean, what am I trolling? I mean, this is where now people will clip this and say I'm the Fed. But look, look, someone in the comments saying that right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, because if you're going to go around saying the Second Amendment is a solution to government overreach, you need to point to negative examples, right? Like when we say that 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 private gun ownership stops crime. We can point to criminals who have been shot. Sure. If you're going to point to, <laughs> so you can extend that analogy. Um, uh, the uh, so I I I'm very anti-government. I'm very pro Second Amendment. The idea that the Second Amendment has successfully curbed government overreach, I actually think, is an empirically debatable claim. But the answer is here: there haven't been these kinds of things. We're winning through democracy. We're getting people elected. You know, so that's how we're winning. And so the idea that a federal agent could come here and uncover things, it's like, who cares? What are you going to find? You're going to come to our meetings where we plot how to get people elected, where we plot how to send out mailers and do door knocking and, yeah. and you know, run campaign. It's like there's nothing to uncover because we're winning the right way. And so there's not this undercurrent of people here who are like, you know, eager to go kidnap the governor. And, and I think if someone showed up here and made that like their primary agenda, I think they, they would, they wouldn't find that much support. So, so, you know, I, the idea of, of, of them, there being an agent or agents here who send reports back about what we're doing, I have no positive evidence for, but don't find them plausible. This idea that they could like be ruining the movement or like that the movement is made up of a bunch of them, you know, I, I, I think that's very likely. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, caller. Appreciate you. All right. That has been the show. Thank you, Jeremy, uh, so much for joining me. That was uh, that was a fun one. Where where can people find you if they like? Uh, I'm on Twitter on uh, uh, at my full name, Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, I am currently being prosecuted by the federal government. So if you follow my posts on Twitter, that feeds my family. Nice. And uh, so 
do that. Uh, and, uh, and, and come to New Hampshire. Uh, that's the real thing is come. We have a festival called pork fest. It's every summer. It sells out every summer. So you should get your tickets now. Uh, and, and, but every libertarian should come to New Hampshire at least once and come check it out. That's my biggest, I, biggest I'm going to come and I'm going to check it out. Uh, at some point for sure. Uh, thank you very much everybody for joining us. The after show is going to start in about 10 minutes. It's at a separate link. You can find it on my channel. I will see you there. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow night on the bathhouse, 10 30 PM. Yeah.